Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. Stephanie Blue and I are safe. We are in uh, Cocoa Beach, Florida, doing our whole coronavirus quarantine thing here in the floating home. And I'm actually doing an interview today um, with somebody, I mean, just literally across the pond, but of the big pond, Angela Henderson. Um, she's an author, an entrepreneur, small business consultant, speaker, blogger, mother, and a mental health clinician of 15 years. So how, uh, how fortuitous to be talking to her today. After continually getting asked for business advice, I'm definitely going to ask about that. Angela found herself in front of women entrepreneurs who had the right ideas and you know, kind of a lot of skill, but didn't know how to translate and, and translate that into a successful, sustainable business and determined to change that. She started Angela Henderson Consulting in 2017. She's the founder of the highly successful online store, Finley and Me. Angela taps into a decade's worth of knowledge of how to grow thriving enterprise and she pours it into her business consulting clients. As a business coach for women in business, she helps hundreds of women business owners from around the world uh, who have consistent five-figure months and multiple six-figure years without burning out in the process. That's really important today. Her skills were honed at the helm of Finley and Me where she Learned everything from branding, PR, sales funnels, email marketing, website, copy, SEO, and more. She knows what it truly takes to have a strong brand, consistent sales, steady growth, and an overall dedication. And she is calling in today from Australia. So it's about actually 5.30 where I am and 7.30 where she is. Angela, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on. Man, we have such a great connection. I must be like one of those underwater cables or something. <laughs> Everything is working so well. The fingers crossed. I know. I was interviewing somebody, um, I think about three states over an hour ago, and you'd, you'd think we were on 1929. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, man, I, in, a, in our little green room chat, you, you have so many degrees. Um, I think you mentioned you were uh, originally from Canada. You lived in the States. Your husband was from, I think you said, North Carolina, a fisherman. Now you're in, in Australia. Wow, what a world traveler at such a young age. So yes and no. So I do love a good travel. We've been, or I've been over to 50 different countries and uh, yeah, I mean, 42, I still think it's a young age or 41. So I should say don't add a year. So I'm 41 this year. So uh, yeah, but you know, life is life. And you know, there's so much to say when you travel the world and the people you meet and the food you eat and the sounds and the smells of each individual country. I mean, it sparks amazing memories. So uh, yeah, no, I love to travel. And when you, so you mentioned um, you're a doctor and so you're highly educated, but, and I always find that interesting when I talk to an entrepreneur who's highly educated degrees, because a lot of an entrepreneurs either don't go to college at all, or, you know, they just get a little bit of college, get a job, then they get fired and start their own business. You kind of went the other way. 
Right. Yes. Yeah, so I'm a mental health clinician, not a doctor. Would love to. So I did all of the mental, I do all the, or I used to do all of the um, initial mental health assessments. And then if they needed medication, the medication part went over to the psychiatrist. But it was Got my it. job and my responsibility to make sure that those that were presenting with a variety of, you know, mental health symptoms that I'd, you know, mean, yeah, worked with them for a few hours and then really got to understand them a little bit more about what was going on. And it was from there, I would either diagnose them, you know, with depression, anxiety, et cetera. Uh, and then again, either refer them to some one-on-one therapy with me, group therapy, or potentially in-home support or seeing that psychiatrist. So, yeah. So, yeah. Boy, with a lot of people hold up now for, I think it's been almost 10 days or nine days, there's probably a big demand for that service right now, I would think. I would definitely think that, again, I, I, I listen, I definitely am all about that we need to hit the curve on this and do all this with the coronavirus, but I also don't think there's enough people talking about the mental health impacts that this is going to have, both short-term and long-term. I don't know the data off my head in America, but in Australia, eight people take their lives every single day. So we're, we hit about 3,000 deaths due to suicide. And I mean, that's just on your daily no, do you know what I mean? Catastrophic event, yeah. right? Yep. Now you look at the millions of people around the globe who are lo- you know, losing their jobs, losing their livelihood, I mean, et cetera, that this is going to have an impact on mental health. So are their mental state, which then potentially if it's long-term could go into a full-blown mental health diagnosis. So for those entrepreneurs out there or those of you that have family members, et cetera, that are going through a rough time, I cannot emphasize enough about being able to access the tools and resources that you know are necessary. So I know, again, I can't speak on behalf of America because I'm, I'm in fairness I don't watch a lot of the news at the moment because it actually impacts my own mental state so for yes. me as I get I go in I go online daily uh, have a little bit of a look around obviously I'm still in my Facebook communities and where I need to be but besides just scrolling CNN or what's going on in the local news I actually don't do it because it's it's not that I'm not educating myself it's not that I'm not being mindful of what's going on in the world but the reality of it is is I need to be able to look at what I can control in this certain environment and what I can't and I can't control what's happening with the doctors and the testing and that but what I can control is ensure that my own mental state continues to stay positive and clear while we move through this oh my gosh my wife and I were just talking about that earlier how you need to be informed but then you start hearing stuff and seeing stuff and other people's opinions whether they're educated or not and it just starts bringing you down and that's so bad for your own mindset right so mm-hmm. um anyway i don't want to spiral into that because the show will come out <laughs> about three or four weeks from now but i want to ask you you mentioned um or i kind of mentioned in your bio that you started getting asked about business advice now was that because of the finley and me online store yeah. tell us about all that so yeah, so I first started my first online store, Finley and Me, about a decade ago. And the reason why I was sitting playing with my son Finley one day, hence the name of the business. And I just remember looking down on the ground and we were playing toys and they were toys that like you would take this, I think it was a purple of red and green ball and you would put it into the top of the toy and then all these bells and whistles would start going. And I was like, surely there's got to be other toys out there that, do you know I mean, that can spark imagination and creativity, find motor skill development that uh, that it's not going to be bells and whistles. And don't get me wrong, I still have electronics in my house. My kids still have iPad time. But I was looking for another way because I felt all of that, all that was happening was this electronics at, at such a young age, you know, six months, seven months, et cetera. And so that's when I started looking for other educational toys, started Finley and Me, which was really about creating childhood memories through play, love, and travel. Uh, again, with a key focus on sparking uh, creativity, imagination, et cetera. But through Finley and Me, at one stage, we had about 1,400 different products that we had here in Australia. 
and again, quite unique products as in like you couldn't at that stage get them in say your Walmarts, your Targets or things like that. They were just kind of, I sourced them around the, around the world. I then started blogging because I wanted to meet the needs of my ideal client, which was the mothers out there who were buying from me. And what I found is when I started to survey my audience is that a lot of moms due to self-isolation were lonely. And when I mean self-isolation is in like, yes, they could go out to the park and they could do that thing. But motherhood naturally was quite lonely for them. Some of them are also suffering postnatal depression and a variety of other things. So that's when I started blogging to meet their needs. And then I was able to bring them in and buy my products for their children through those blogs. I then became one of Australia's leading influencers and bloggers. I was signed with Netflix as one of their top 30 influencers here in Australia and New Zealand. I worked with big companies like um, similar to what you guys would have, like your Targets, your Whole Foods, your, you know, Hilton's, et cetera, things. I mean, Hilton's worldwide, but I would work with national brands and international brands to really, again, uh, hone in on what products they had and weave that into my blogging and my storytelling as a brand experience for those readers that were watching while again meeting the needs of those um other bigger businesses from an advertising and marketing perspective and then what happened is is I'm a big giver by nature I like to give and I think that's probably the social worker in me and I just thought well hold on there were I had 14 coffee dates at some stage over two months and I just remember going it's an hour drive there, say, give or take 30 minutes, hour drive to where I was meeting these people. And then I was like, I don't even drink coffee. And I was like buying my own Diet Cokes. And then I was driving in an hour back. So it was like, sometimes it could be a three hour turn. It's like, man, all these people keep picking my brain. What? And I was like, ah, the aha moment came. And I was like, if I charge those people for my expertise, I was like, I could have a secondary business. And that's how Angela Henderson Consulting came. And now I'm an international award-winning consultant, international speaker and podcaster. So yeah, so that's how it all kind of stemmed from over a decade. Now, I think I read where you started in 2017 or because everything you just described sounds like a decade's worth of work. Yeah, you know, so 2017 is when I did those first coffee dates. And then from there, again, I think it's also important, though, to remember that I was already established in some areas with Finley and me for the seven years prior, right? So I had a variety of networks. Um, I was already blogging with those bigger companies. So I was, I guess you could say, connected in some way uh, yeah. with other people. And so when I started the consulting, it was like, okay, well, you know, they talk about who do you already know who might need your support versus trying to go and find a new lead, right? So I really worked on, you know, just doing that, um, reaching out to people, asking if I could blog on their blogs, uh, just showing up to networking. And so I spent anywhere from you know, twenty-five to sixty thousand dollars a year on professional development and getting taught by those top, you know, top people around the world, going to masterminds and stuff. So, I positioned myself that again, in order for this to work in that consulting space, I need to look at my network equals my net worth, and so I really doubled down on the networking. Wow, that's amazing. Um, gosh, I got about tw- ten questions I want to ask you. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> so, what do you think? Because so you're a, you're a business coach and you, and you help. Um, I guess you, as mentioned, you primarily focus on women entrepreneurs. That's right. So my primary, I still think you always have to have kind of that one target market you're hitting. So I, pro- I predominantly speak to women. However, at the moment on my one-to-one caseload, I've got 15 one-to-ones that I'm working with because I cap them at 15 and two of those are males. So it's not that I don't work with males, but mm-hmm. my, you know, you could say like my positioning, my messaging, and that is to, you know, predominantly work with women in business. But yeah, I get inquiries from males and if we're the right fit uh, and I can help move their business forward, I'm always happy to work with anyone. It doesn't worry me. 
Yeah. So I want to ask you about why to work with a business coach, et cetera. But I also, I mean, my audience is probably going, Jim, ask her about how she built her brand. Because, you know, working with those big companies, getting recognized from your blog and videos and things like that, was that a, did that all come natural to you? Was that like a focused effort that I'm going to do this for a year or two and really elevate, you know, my position in the marketplace? Or how did, how did you build your, your brand? I guess with the Finley and me stuff is I was looking at what was my unique, do you know what I mean? Selling point, I guess you could say what was going to differentiate me between every other toy store? Because as you know, in America, you can go to Walmart and get your toys. You can go to Target, get your toys. And naturally they're quite cheap. They're they're cheaper, I should say, right? Than getting it from a specialty toy shop. So I was like, well, what does my audience need? Who like diving really a little bit deeper about that. And so from there, I was just like, you know what? Knowing that it was the moms, I thought, okay, well, if I can start writing to the moms and I can start then do mean teaming up with other people who are also bloggers in that space and we cross pollinate our content with each other, naturally your brand awareness is going to increase and you can do that organically without it having to be paid. All right. So for me, it was about how do I start doing you know I mean to increase my presence, uh, both my like, because at that stage, feeling to me was more like a, it wasn't, I was really a, a, the big, how do I say this? Not all toy stores. I have a face to the brand. Does that make sense? So, but whereas I worked really hard to be the face of that particular brand. And that's actually one reason why I never ended up selling Finley and me at the end of this last year, because I was so infused within that business that I thought it would be exceptionally difficult for someone to take that over. And so building your brand, it's just about, I know it's cliche, but it's about consistency, you know, showing up weekly for a blog, right? Making sure that the weekly newsletter goes out, making sure that I'm cross-pollinating with other people, making sure that I'm attending, you know, either a weekly networking event or a monthly networking event. Like it all came down to just remaining consistent. And that same ethic that I had with Finley and me is exactly why I believe my brand has gotten here. The Angela Anderson Consulting is now starting to become not only Australian known, but worldwide is that I've been consistent. So my podcasts were about to hit our hundred episode and you would know with consistency with your podcast that it is, you know, the more you show up, the more you're consistent, the more your audience is wanting that weekly drop or that fortnightly drop from the podcast. Um, consistently showing up to do lives like in a time like with this whole coronavirus, I will continue to show up every single day, right? Yes. In my group community, etc. because we will get out of this and the economy will come back, right? So to me, it's always just about, yeah, remaining consistent and by, again, being consistent, that has allowed my brand to continue to um, evolve. So looking at maybe your own business experience and those of uh, some of the clients that you've helped, what do you, what do you think are some of the main reasons that small business owners just continue to struggle? I don't know. I don't mean going out of business, but I, I found an interesting to sit, statistic here in the States, Angela, it said eight, the most small business owners in the United States earn like $58,000. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. So the 80-20 rule says that 80% of small businesses fail within the first five years. And those that keep going earn on average $58,000. And to me, it's like, man, I'd rather just earn a paycheck for 58 grand because we go through so much. Why do you think so many struggle? I mean, I think there's a variety of reasons why people do you know I mean struggle with business for other different variables as in like family, environment, finances, whatever. But some of the common ones that I've seen in my opinion about kind of like the four real reasons small businesses struggle to survive is one is that they really lack clarity on what actions to take. They're just like floating around kind of like Nemo in the ocean going from one, you know, like they just don't understand what they should be doing. They, you know, 
it's like, uh, how do I explain? You don't know what you need to do to move your business forward. So they're taking all these different steps and they're doing different directions. But the problem is, is they just end up chasing their tail. So for example, they might be in a Facebook community and someone says, you need to be consistent. And then someone says, you need to have a Facebook group. And then someone says, you need a podcast. And But they've got no real clear direction or strategy about how is this going to tie into my short-term goal, goals and my bigger goals. So they're just throwing all the spaghetti at the wall, but they're still not getting any closer to getting the clarity on what they need. And so my, I do believe so many businesses start to spiral because of that lack of clarity. That's reason one. Reason two, I think that businesses, do you know what I mean, small businesses struggle to survive is that the shiny object syndrome, right? Yes. I yep. mean, our brain, you know, people say that we've got less attention span than a freaking goldfish. So if that <laughs> is true, and now I've never looked that data up, but I'll just say it because it sounds good anyways. You know, but if that is true, right, is that, you know, we're moving, you know, when people are going to that shiny object, which is making them, you know, not survive, is that they're moving fast, but they're not getting anywhere. And there's that, the analogy I use is the a game called Subway Surf. It's an app on your phone and there's this guy with a surfboard or a skateboard and there's all these gold coins that are going all over the screen and you're literally just going from gold coin to gold coin and that's what I feel these business owners are doing that I've seen um, and that I've worked with over the years is that it's really, you're just going from one thing to the next, not getting any where So for example, you're going to Google, then you're going to YouTube, then you're going on to here and then you're going there. It's, you're just messing up. And again, it goes back to that ties in that shiny object syndrome. It ties really nicely in with, again, that lack of clarity, right? They're just jumping from one thing to the next or, oh, this person said, I need the new app that's come out and, oh, I need the new podcast mic that's come out. Like there's always these distractions. And so again, it's, but if you're clear and you can, and you've got that strategy, you're going to minimize the shiny object syndrome, which is then going to help you to survive and move forward. But until you kind of get over those, it's going to be a bit difficult. My other thing that I see businesses fail, Jim, is that they treat social media like a safety net. All right. And what I mean by that is when one of my first questions I ask people when they start working with me, even in my discovery call before then is where is your primary source of income coming from? So many of them are like Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And I'm like, so you're not getting found organically? No. Okay, so where do you have a website? No. Okay, so if Facebook <laughs> shuts you down tomorrow, and this still happens, like I see it weekly, right? So right. if Facebook shuts you down tomorrow, you technically don't have a business. Well, so I guess. I know. Well, it's true because it's not your platform. It's very, very dangerous. I know, Angela, you've done pretty well with email, growing your own list and things like that. And I know there's people who kind of subscribe to, well, email's kind of dead. You can't get your emails through. Oh, no. What do you say? Yeah, I know. Please, please talk about that. Uh, no, I say absolutely not. I say, you know, have you hit the pub at 8 a.m. if you're thinking that, right? Not a bad thing if you're on holiday, but you know, you can't be drinking at 8 a.m. thinking that you, you know, like it just, it can't happen. Like, the thing is, is my own coach talks about owning your own race course, all right? And he talks about what assets are yours. So if everything else got pulled out from beneath you, what would still be there in order for your business to be viable? Now, you might dip in revenue and profit, right? But you still would be viable. And one of those things is your email list is such an asset. And I'll give you an example. When about year five or six, I got asked to sell Finley and Me. And at that stage, we had about 50,000 email subscribers on our list with about a 25% open rate, which is quite good for an e-com business. And one of the things that they assessed as part of the business sell was our emails. And at $4 a pop times 50,000, we could have got just off of our emails, $200,000 in the sell. 
All right. Wow. Now that was at that particular time, right? I don't know what it would be now. So I just want you to think about is it's not just about the short term growth of your business and being able to that if your Facebook got shut down, your Instagram got shut down, even if your website went down, you still have capacity to be able to reach these individuals. All right. Think about too at the moment, again, I know this will drop after, but with the coronavirus, right? Everyone is on social media and it's so heavy right now with everything about the virus, right? Mm -hmm. By you going sliding into their emails with something different, talking about a different thing is you're going to break, it's going to be disruptive marketing. So to me again, but if you don't have their email list, you're competing with all these other people who keep talking about this, right? So I cannot emphasize enough that you should be growing your email list from day one. What are, what are some of the ways we, we have about, um, oh, I think uh, four minutes left. What are some of the ways that people can grow email lists? Because I think, I, I don't know, some people say, well, people are just tired of putting their name and email in there for a, a free report. Like, what are some tips mm -hmm. you might have? So, yep. So, again, so free ways there is, for example, I have a Facebook community called the Australian Business Collaborative, and we've got businesses from all around the world. And so, when they come onto the Facebook platform into the group, there's three questions you can ask people, right? One of the questions, and they can be any questions, but I ask them, what is your business? What are you struggling with? And would you like to stay up to date with my podcast, this, that, and the other for weekly business help? Now, you don't have to put your email list there, but they do. So, 30% of my email list in the last 18 months has come from that Facebook group, that simple question. That's one free way that you could do it. And it's not by giving them a freebie. I'm just saying, do you want on? Yes or no? Obviously, yes, freebies are still, I still think they're applicable, but I think freebies are getting harder because people are putting those freebies into like uh, folders. You could like just folders and not necessarily using that information right away. So another thing that we're seeing right now in the US market specifically, and I'm, and I'm looking at bringing it over to the Australian market is tiny offers. And so what happens is it is a paid offer though. It's $27. And so what happens is, is you're taking them straight from a cold client or a warm client to a buying client, even if it's only a $27 product. And what happens is, is you're creating this product, which is like this, I'm about to release mine, which will be about for business owners. It's called the um, Instagram uh, mastery for business owners. So basically how to get on Instagram, right? How to upload your profile, but it's actually a quality product. All right, the quality. So mm. I'm going to do eight modules. I'm going to have three freebies, etc. But you go from a $27 offer into a bump, which is like anywhere from another, say, $20 to $37 offer into a top offer on the back end of that. So what happens is at the same time as you're still bringing in a small amount of money and they're actually hot now clients because they're paid for something, when you give them that much goodness, there then you're seeding them for what's coming next with your higher ticket offer or whatever else you're selling, all right? So I, we're seeing a big push now and there's a lady called Ali Bajerk over in the US who she went from last year 1.4, like basically $0 in the bank to creating these tiny offers and yeah, she made 1.4 million in the last 12 months. So again, I think there's a place for free ones, like having them in the content upgrades, a lead magnet on your website or your exit pop-up or in Facebook groups. But I also think people need to start moving these people along the buyer journey and that can be done via a tiny offer. Wow, that's really good stuff. Folks, just rewind and listen to that answer again. That was some serious <laughs> good stuff. Uh, one more question, if, you can, if I can squeeze it in, is how do you know when the time is right to hire a business coach? 
Yeah. So I think there's a variety of different things, but one of the things is like, again, you just feel stuck all the time, right? You're just, you're, you're working so hard. And again, remember business isn't about working harder. It's about working smarter. So if you just feel like, oh my goodness, every day I'm not getting any closer, that to me is a sign. Another sign is, is that you could start to get frustrated and triggered by other people online who you naturally love because you're just kind of feeling like this, oh my goodness, like what the heck, you know, why, why them, not me. Um, you start to potentially also motivation is also another big one, right? Like it, it could be like you're just starting to lose that motivation. Um, another thing is, is it could be the opposite is that you just have this like oomph to go, okay, great. I know where I'm at. This isn't where I want to be in the next 10 years. And I don't have all the tools and resources. So again, I always say to people, start being in tuned with what's going on for you. Are you stuck? Is there a growth pattern? Um, are you, do you mean again, trying to, that shiny object? Are you getting distracted? What is it? Stay true to kind of, you almost as they follow your intuition a lot of times on those things, because again, that will help to, to guide you. I also think that it's important that when you're looking for a business coach, please research, research them, you know, do your own due diligence. If you can't Google someone's name and find them now, they should at this day and age have a digital footprint somewhere. All right. right and I exactly. talk about in one of my blog articles about the five costly mistakes to avoid when hiring a business coach. And one of them is you like literally stalk the crap out of them. All right. Um, if you can't find them on Facebook, if you can't find them on LinkedIn, if you can't find them on Google, if you can't find testimonials, if you can't do all that, that should be a red sign. I don't know how many times per week I hear people say they get burned by business coaches because of the, you know, like of this, they don't do their homework and they pay tens of thousands of dollars to work with people. And these people literally have never ran a business. They've got no history of understanding what businesses need. They're not positioning themselves and knowing more information. And uh, they just basically take, you know, a course off the back of it, a Cheerio cereal box. Okay. <laughs> so I can't emphasize enough the importance of, you know, really honing in on, um, yeah, stalk these people, ask them for a discovery call. If they're not prepared to get on a call with you, like you don't go into, uh, let's say BMW and say, I'm going to take the $40,000 Beamer and I don't want to see it. I don't want to look in the inside. I don't want to test drive it. Just sign the paperwork. You don't. So test drive who you're going to work with. All right. Um, hop on a call, feel what their vibe is, join the Facebook community, see how do you mean they interact with their people? Because you know, when you start working with a coach who's going to move you from that stuckness to the getting you in that overwhelmed, getting the clarity and strategy you need, you're going to be working with them intimately. So it's super important to make sure that you're the right fit. Angela, what a fantastic interview. I mean, God, the time just flew by. I'm sure people are like, ask her how we can get in touch with her. I want to get on that list. So <laughs> here's your chance. Give us your 411 information. Yeah, for me, it's like, I just say it's, it all depends on how you consume information, right? So I always say head to my website, which is AngelaHenderson.com.au. And from there, you can choose whether or not you want to listen to my podcast, you know, Business and Life Conversations podcast, whether or not you want to read our weekly blog articles, whether or not you want to join my Facebook community. But everything is held and I called it my ecosystem. Everything's in one spot at my website, AngelaHenderson.com.au. And then just pick and choose how I best can support you. Angela, thank you so much. I really had a lot of fun and I'm sure our listeners are, are thrilled with the interview. No worries. Have a fantastic day and stay safe. <laughs> you too. Hey folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Angela Henderson. Make sure you connect with her. I'm going to. <laughs> and um, until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. You take good care. 
Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.